in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, through the grace of God, we will continue today uh, the third chapter of the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. In this chapter, St. Paul continues to deal with the problem of division. And St. Paul diagnosed the reason behind the division in the church of Corinth because they are carnal people. St. Paul divides the people into three groups, spiritual, natural, and carnal. He spoke about the spiritual and the natural in chapter 2, in the last chapter. And now he describes the people at Corinth as carnal. And he told them, this is the reason of the division that you have among you. And in order actually to resolve the issue of division, they have to grow into spiritual maturity. Then actually St. Paul explained to them the foolishness of exalting preacher over each other. Because we belong to God. Whether St. Paul or Apollos preached us, it doesn't matter. Because they are fellow workers with God. We are the children of God. We belong to God. We are the building of God. And then actually, St. Paul warned them not to defile this building, not to defile the temple of God, because he who defiles the building of God, God will defile. Let's start reading verse by verse from verse 1 and understand what each verse means. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So St. Paul is saying, not every person who believed in Christ and became Christian is spiritually mature. There are people who are babes in Christ, beginners. They allow the lusts of the flesh and the desires of the flesh to rule them, to control them. These are the carnal people. And this is not a good sign, by the way. Because many times, Sunday school servants and priests, they say, St. Paul said, I fed you milk, not solid food. And because of this, they just want to feed the people all the time milk. But it's a, pro it's a problem, actually, if our congregation and our classes 
are babes in Christ. They are carnal. Because we will expect to have divisions. And these people, as St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 5, they don't have the ability to discern between good and evil because lack of spiritual maturity. And our responsibility is to help the people to grow into spiritual maturity. That's why St. Paul told them, I couldn't speak to you as a spiritual people. I couldn't teach you as a spiritual people because you are carnal. You are undeveloped like babes, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Verse 2. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. It is solid food. And even now, you are still not able. When he was at Corinth, he treated them as babes. But this was normal because they were beginners. They just were recent in their faith. But now after many years, they are still babes in Christ. They are not growing in spiritual maturity. And St. Paul said, that's why you have divisions. That's why he's teaching them very simple principles, very basic, ABC in Christianity. So milk here means the simple teaching. The solid food means the stronger and deeper doctrines. So here actually the teaching must be adapted based on the spiritual growth of the person. You have to deal with the people according to the level of their spiritual maturity. But my warning here, not to be content that your children or your class in Sunday school, they are just babes. So you treat them all their life as babes in Christ. If they are not growing, this is a, a major uh, uh, problem because as I told you if they are not growing spiritual maturity we expect divisions expect they will be deceived easily by Satan they, they lacking the experience to discern between good and evil verses 3 for you are still carnal that's why he couldn't feed them with solid food. And St. Paul said, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? If we are spiritual mature, then actually there will be no divisions. The fact that there is envy, strife, and divisions, this means we are babes, we are infant in Christ, we are carnal. We are behaving like mere men. What he means by mere men? Mere men is just the natural man. 
But we are different. Why we are different? Because we receive the grace of God. And because of the grace of the Holy Spirit that's in us, we should not be behaving like other people, like the non-believers, like the mere men. We should behave as spiritual, the children of God. So, St. Paul is telling them, because you are children, babes in Christ, I, you could not receive the higher teaching of the hidden wisdom. And also the proof that you are carnal is the existence of division in the church. That's why there is jealousy, envy, strife. And these things are the characteristic of the people of the world. So if we see this characteristic invading the church, the, the people who are supposed to be spiritual, this is a big problem. St. Paul explains more why he is saying there is division. The people in Corinth actually, they were divided into four groups. One group saying, we follow Apollos. One group said, we follow Peter. Another group said, we follow Paul. And another group said, we follow Christ. As he said in, in chapter 1. So there were four groups. Verse 4. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So the fact that you are divided, by following different leaders instead of following Christ himself this demonstrated that you are carnal if you divide yourself into parties and groups and I say I am in the group of Paul you are in the group of Apollos this means you are carnal because you don't understand that Paul or Apollos or Peter just tools messengers in the hand of God but all of us, we are the children of God, the followers of God. That's why in verse 5 he told them, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers, through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. Their carnal mind, appeared in choosing to follow certain leaders. One said, I am from the party of Paul, the other said of Peter, the other said of Apollos. But St. Paul is reminding them that these are just servants, ministers, agents through whom they believed in Christ. So they are agents, ministers, servants, by them they believed in Christ. As the Lord gave to each one, means what? As God gave to each one of these apostles' gift to preach, as the Lord assigned responsibility, as he will explain, one of us planted the seed, one of us watered the seed. So, these are the assignments of the Lord. God just assigned for Paul to plant, assigned for Apollos to water. 
that's it. Maybe God would assign the opposite. Maybe he will assign Apollos to, to, to plant the seed and, and, and Paul to, to water the seed. So it doesn't matter. I have no credit because God chose me to plant or to water. I have no credit because God chose me to be a bishop or to be a priest or to be a servant or to be a deacon. Because all of us are servants of God. Asian tools in God's hand. That's why he said, as the Lord gave to each one. So it's a gift. I have no credit in it. Verse 6. I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. It was my assignment, it was my gift to plant the seed of the kingdom, to preach, to convert you from paganism to Christianity. Then Apollos came after me and he took care of you. And he watered the seed that I planted. He cultivated these seeds. But who is making you to grow? Neither Paul nor Apollos. But it is God who gives the increase. God who is making you grow. It's not Apollos, it's not me. Like the farmer planted the seed and watered it. But who makes this seed to grow? That's God. Because God gave vitality to the seed. Life to the plant. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Verse 7. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Let me assume for one second that God is out of the picture. Do you think if we plant a seed, was this seed to grow? No. Because to grow means to have life. And who is life? It's God. So if God is not there, then there is no life. And if there is no life, then the, the seed is dead. Plant it and water it. It will never grow. In the same way, if you try to preach Christianity, to convert people to believe in Christ, and you try to give them the teaching and to help them to grow, but if God is not in the picture at all, then actually they will not grow. That's why a servant, a son's full servant, whom do we trust? Do we work by our human efforts? Or do we rely on the grace of God? Because without his grace, we will say we labored all night and we caught nothing. So, as St. Paul said, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. And if we understand this, how can I say I am a follower of Paul or I'm a follower of Apollos? Actually, 
We should be followers of God, children of God who give growth to the seed and the plant. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. He who plants and he who waters are one. One in what? One in their goal. The one in their aim. One because they work together. They are engaged in work together. In the same ministry. Whether it's St. Abanoub or St. Mary or St. Flopatir, it is the same ministry. Whether this is a church or that church, it is one. It's one body of Christ. We cannot divide, we cannot say I am here or I'm there. It's one. One in the goal, one in the aim, it's one ministry. That's, that's why we should not make this opportunity to be parties. I am from this church, you are from this church, he is from this church. It is one ministry, one body, the body of Christ. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Paul will receive his reward according to his own labor labor. Peter will receive his reward according to his own labor. Apollos will receive his reward according to his own labor. And I want here to notice, St. Paul did not say, everybody shall be rewarded according to the success of their ministry. But actually, he said, according to their labor. Because maybe I'll do my labor, but people, they have the choice, they have the freedom to accept or not. That's why God, in the last day, he will not say, well done, you good and successful servant. Actually, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Many times we are worried about the success. No. Our responsibility is to plan and to water. And it's God's responsibility to give the growth. I have to be faithful and wise steward. Because God will give the reward according to my labor, not according to success. That's why he said, well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. St. Paul is saying, I and Apollos are fellow workers belonging to God. Fellow workers belonging to God. Or his stewards, or his ambassadors. And you are God's field. What does it mean you are God? You, you are the field of God in which we are working. God sent us to work 
in this field to plant you and also to water the seed in order to grow. So the believers are the field of God and the servants are fellow workers of God. And then he gave another metaphor when he said, or another figure, you are God's building. So he gave them two metaphors here. You are God's field, you are God's metaphor. God's field goes with the previous verses. I planted and, and Apollos water. But God's building has to do with the coming verses. So the figure now is changed from a field into a building. So actually God is the contractor. Paul and Apollos and Peter and Peter are the builders. And the church is the building they built. So the, the, the idea here, we are the employee of God, we are the steward of God. Then, if we are just employee, steward of God, how can Paul have a party and Apollos have a party and, and Peter have a party? You cannot do this, because all of us were employee of the same God, of the same one God. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So as I told you, he's using another figure, another analogy. The first analogy is the field. And then St. Paul planted and Apollos water. Now he's saying differently. He said, I am the master builder. I laid the foundation. And upon this foundation, Apollos came and he is building on this foundation. And just I want you to bring your uh, attention here. He did not say, I laid a foundation. He said, I laid the foundation. Because there is only one foundation to be laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation stone. As the Lord said to St. Peter, you are uh, Peter, and upon this rock, which rock? The rock of faith, the declaration that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the foundation. Jesus is God in the flesh, is our Savior. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So, he said, according to the grace of God which is given to me, the grace of apostleship, when God called me, when I called to ministry, I have laid the foundation, and the foundation, by pre I laid foundation by preaching Christ. That's how I laid the foundation. And then, another man uh, built on it. After Paul left Corinth, Apollos and other teachers continued to build upon the foundation that Paul had laid. And then here is a warning, and this warning is very important to us 
as Sunday school servants. Let every, let each one take heed how he builds on it. Then, since there is only one foundation of the temple, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, then there should be most, most careful building on it. We should be very, very careful when we are building on upon this foundation. St. Paul elaborate more about what he means by let each one take heed how he builds on it. Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So St. Paul affirming here there is no other foundation. There is only one foundation for the church. This is the foundation stone laid by God himself. The divinity of Christ. The crucifixion. That is the foundation stone. The salvation. So, God appointed St. Paul to lay this foundation to induce them to believe in the divinity of Christ and in the salvation uh, by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then actually, who came after Paul, they lay, they built on this foundation. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw. Now, we, the servants, we build on the foundation. Because when we work with Christians, with believers, then the foundation is laid. The fact he is Christian, then the foundation is already laid. He believed in the divinity of Christ, he believed in salvation. What we are doing is building on this foundation. What material we are using? Some people actually build gold, silver, precious stone. These materials are precious, imperishable. So, actually, if we are building the people to grow into spiritual maturity, to be conformed into the image and likeness of Christ. To, to be transformed from glory to glory. Then actually, we are building what? Gold, silver, precious stones. But some people actually will build on this foundation wood, hay, uh, straw. These things are very, very unstable. If some fire will destroy the wood and the hay and the straw completely. These are like the wrong teaching, the wrong doctrines. When we teach people wrong teaching, or wrong doctrines, or maybe just we teach people routine worship, lip service, hypocrisy. They just follow God as a routine. They don't grow in spiritual maturity. But actually the day 
will examine the work of each one of us. That's what he said in verse 13. Each one's work will become clear. How? For the day will declare it. So actually, my work, the kind of work that every builder, that every servant, that every priest, that every bishop does, will be made known. Our work, our ministry, our service will be made clear whether we were building gold or we're building hay and stone. How? The day will declare it. Which day? I think he's referring here to the day of the coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ. The day of the judgment. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. It will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. The fire destroys the wood, the hay, the straw. But the fire does what to the gold, silver, and precious stone? purify them more and more. It shows actually their beauty. So the day, the fire will examine. If there is a trial on the church, whether the believers become martyrs, then actually we, we will say the servants here will building what? Gold, silver, or precious stone. Or the people will deny Christ. Then actually what we are building is what? wood, hay, and straw. That's what St. Paul is saying. So the fire actually will make the, our work clear. Yes, the, the day of trial, every day, but here because the day is capital. So it will be clear yeah, you know, in the judgment day for everybody. Yeah, for final judgment. But in every day, as, as, as you said, in, in, in every trial, actually it, it will uh, uh, show what we are building. As I said, if there is uh, persecution of the church, if there is attack on the church, then how the people will react. This actually will examine my, my actual work, whether I, I'm building gold or I'm building wood. Yes, that's true. That's right, that's right. But, you know, for example, the Lord had 12 disciples. One of them did not receive. But actually, if the majority of the people that I'm serving, you know, they, they fall away from Christ, then I don't think the problem is the people, it's in me, you know. But if most of them, they, they are confirmed in Christ and the day of persecution did not check them, Maybe only few, like what happened with the disciples of Christ. That's right. We don't look at the fruit, but actually, if I am planting and watering in the right way, they should grow. They should grow. But the reward will be given according to my labor. That's why the person himself will be saved, as St. Paul explained. But actually, 
if most of my people perish in the day of trial, then yes, I, I was laboring, I, I, but what I, I, I built was what? Was just wood, no, no, not gold or silver. That's why in verse 14 he said, sorry, verse 13, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So the fire will just reveal the sort of the work you did, whether it's gold or wood. Verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So, if endure the trial, if endure the fire, if stand the test of trial, such a builder will be rewarded, will receive crowns for his ministry. Verse 15, but if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. I will not be rewarded. Because yes, I labored, but I labored what? In the wrong way. In the wrong way. So it will not be rewarded. He will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. And St. Paul here differentiated between your personal salvation and the reward of your ministry. But he's speaking not about those, for example, who are teaching wrong doctrines, but speaking about servants who faithfully and sincerely were trying to build, but maybe because of ignorance, because of some weakness, you know, their work perished. So they will not receive a reward. But about their personal salvation, yes, if his intention was well, he will be saved, but barely. As if he is one escaping from a burning house. So he lost all his property, but he saved himself. That's why he said, as through fire. So maybe just I was able to run from my house, which was burning. I lost everything in my house, but I can save myself. Unfortunately, the Catholic, they use this verse to defend what? Purgatory. Salvation through fire. But, but this is different. St. Paul is not speaking about purgatory. Because purgatory means after the, according to the Catholic uh, understanding, after the person dies, he goes to the purgatory in order to be purified by fire from his sin. As if the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is not enough to purify me. That's why I need purgatory. So actually purgatory is against the, the, the salvation by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the grace of God. As if I'm purified by the fire. But, but St. Paul here is saying, the fire that will test your work, 
If you are building wood or hay or straw, your work will be destroyed completely. But you yourself may be saved, although it will be hard, as if you are saving yourself from a burning house, as if you are escaping from a burning house. So in other ways, this may threaten my personal salvation, but there is possibility I can be saved. Yes, so this may, may threaten my personal salvation, but again, there is a possibility to be saved, but yet through fire. Verse 16. Why do you fire? Because that's part of the metaphor that he's using. He's saying gold, silver, and the fire will test it. So he, it's the same analogy. So if there is a fire, if I build a house of wood, and then the fire came, what will happen? The house will be destroyed completely. But I may escape from this house through the fire. Yeah, the fire will come anyway to examine. To, exactly. That's why as a builder, I should build something to endure the fire. Gold, silver, or precious stone. Yeah, my fire is temptation. It's, it's the test of trial. It's, it's persecution against the church. Attacks on the church. That's the fire. So, am I building, uh, uh, am I building people who can withstand persecution? Like the early church. When we read in, in the era of martyrdom, we can say our fathers built gold, silver, and precious stone. Exactly. The teaching, they prepare people for martyrdom. To live as Christ and to die as king. That's how they were building gold, silver, precious stone. Not wood, hay, and straw. Verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now St. Paul again is affirming what he said in verse 9. In verse 9 he told them, you are the building of God. You are God's building. So he rephrased it here in verse 16 and he told them, you are the temple of God. And because you are the temple of God, and you have the Holy Spirit abiding in you, because after baptism, you received in the sacrament of chrismation the Holy Spirit. So now you became a dwelling place for God. You are a building of God. That's why whoever defiles this house by divisions, by strife, by envy, by our carnality. Actually, we are defiling the house of God, the building of God. That's where he was going to. Do you not know that you are the temple of God as if he's telling them? If you are the temple of God, why you, why you divide yourself? As if you are 
breaking or knocking down the temple of God. You have the Holy Spirit abiding in you. You receive the Holy Spirit. So you are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone, verse 17, if anyone defiles the temple of God by division, by strife, by sexual immorality, by any sin, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So you have to know that the temple of God is holy. And you need to keep this temple holy. God comes and dwells in this temple. As he dwelt in the temple in Jerusalem, God appeared to Moses and to all the high priests in the temple in Jerusalem. So, and this temple was very, very holy. And people keep it holy. So, St. Paul is saying, it is a big sin to defile the temple of God. And because it's a big sin, it receives a big punishment. God will destroy him. That's a, a very strong word. Death is the penalty of defiling the temple of God. And again, he's affirming that this temple is not this building. It's you, the assembly of the believer. So if you divide the church into parties, if you split the church, or if you defile your body, the temple of God, St. Paul is saying God will destroy this person, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Verse 18. Let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. St. Paul is saying the cause of division in the church may be because of deception. Maybe you are deceived by the vain wisdom of this world. You, are, you have division because you are relying on the wisdom of the world. You are deceived. So people who supported uh, returning back to the Judaic law, they followed Peter. People who loved the Greek wisdom followed uh, Apollos and people who liked Paul and his preaching they followed Paul that's why he was warning them against the philosophical tendencies especially Corinth in Greece and I'm sure you know Greece very, very all, all the Greek philosophers like Aristotle like Plato were from Greece so he told them, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do you want to be wise? Then actually renounce your wisdom to accept the wisdom of Christ. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't rely on your own understanding in order to accept the wisdom from God. 
in other words, my own wisdom, my own understanding will be an obstacle to receive the heavenly wisdom. And I have to get rid of this wisdom to open my heart and my mind, my heart and my mind to the wisdom of Christ. That's why he said, if anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him be a, become a fool that he may become wise. Don't be wise in your own understanding. Don't rely on your own wisdom, but trust the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God was an obstacle to the Greece, to the Greek philosophers. How God becomes a man, how God dies on the cross. Until now, many people, this wisdom offend them. They don't accept that God gave us his body and his blood to eat and drink. So my own wisdom, my own mind, tells me this is nonsense. So do you believe that this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ? But I have to renounce this wisdom in order to accept the heavenly wisdom and believe that, yes, this is his body indeed and this is his blood indeed. That's what he meant, becomes a fool. Don't rely on your own understanding, but trust the wisdom of God. Verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. It's foolishness with God. Means, when God evaluates the wisdom of this world, it's foolishness. When God judges the wisdom of this world, it's, it's, it's foolishness. The obstacle of the non-believer, how God becomes a man. That's why they cannot believe in the divinity of Christ. They consider him a prophet. But this wisdom is foolishness in the eyes of God. As for it is written, written where? In Job chapter 5 verse 13. And because St. Paul caught Job, then Job is a canonical book. So this one of the evidence of the canonicity of the book of Job. As it's written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. Means, means what? Their wisdom is became the snare by which God caught them. So their wisdom is the very snare to catch those who think themselves so wise. How? Because of their wisdom, they deny the divinity of Christ. And as the Lord said in John chapter 3, who believes in the Son will have eternal life. And who does not believe in the Son, he will be condemned. 
So this wisdom became the snare by which they will be caught. That's why he said he catched the wise in their own craftiness. Verse 20. And, I, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. This from Psalm 94, verse 11. Psalm 94, verse 11. It has the same meaning. God knows when God judges the thoughts of those who think they are wise. The human wisdom here. They are futile. They are nothing. It is vanity. It is vanity. Uh, uh, It's foolishness in the eyes of God. So if we understand this, therefore, verse 21, let no one boast in men, for all things are used. If we know that the wisdom of men is nothing before the wisdom of God, then don't boast in men, don't boast in Paul or Apollos or Peter. Don't say, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Peter. But if you want to glory, glory in God. Because Paul, Peter, and Apollos are yours. God appointed them to be your servants. God appointed them to be your apostles. Because you are the children of God. That's what he meant. For all things are yours. Whether Paul, whether Peter, whether Apollos, they are yours. They are your servants. They are your apostles. They are your ministers. So don't glorify in one over the other. Because all our wisdom, the human wisdom of Paul, Peter, Apollos, nothing. It is the heavenly wisdom that comes from God. Verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos or Kephas, Kephas, that's Peter, or the world or life or death or things present or things come, all are yours. Now he is expanding. He didn't, not only uh, Paul, Peter, uh, and, and, and uh, Apollos are yours as your servants, but he said even the world. The world is created for you. That's why God created the man in the last day, the sixth day, after he prepared for, for him everything. So don't let the world to be your master. You are to rule the world. The world is the servant of God for our sake, for the sake of the children of God. So the world is created for you. Life. Love, life also is yours. Life is given to do God's work and to ensure the eternal life. So God gave us life here on earth. Give us the gift of life to do his work and to prepare us for the eternal life. Or death. Even death is yours. Because God destroyed death. 
And this now became a beginning of a better life. That's why for the Christian to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if to die is gain, then death is working for you. Now God makes everything working for you. World, life, death, everything is working for you. Things present. Whatsoever we have here on earth, work together for good to those who love God. All things work together for good to those who love God. So God will make everything present here to work for my benefit, for my sake. Even things to come. Even God created the eternal life, the heavenly Jerusalem, for my sake. To enjoy and to dwell eternally with Christ in heavenly Jerusalem. So St. Paul is saying, you have to know your value in the eyes of God. So don't boast in anything. Don't boast in this world. Don't boast in, 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 boast in, in things present or in life or even things to come. Because all these things are working for you. Peter, Paul, Apollos, death, life, world, things present, things to come. Everything for my sake. As we say in the Gregorian liturgy, you have subdued everything for my sake. Verse 23, and you are Christ. And you are Christ. Uh, you are Christ because Christ purchased you by his blood. So everything belongs to you. But you do not own yourself. You belong to Christ. Although everything belongs to me, but I myself, I don't own myself. I belong to Christ who purchased me and who saved me and who created everything to me. Uh, and Christ is God because Christ is the Son of God belonging to the Father. So all things are ours, but we are not our own. We own everything, but we do not own ourselves. That's why we should be consecrated to the service of God. And we should not glory in, in, in men or in people, in Peter, Paul, Apollos. We should not divide and we say we are from this part or this group because we belong to God. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Do you have any questions on this chapter? Please. Uh, I think in Job it meant to destroy them to destroy them because they have to renounce their own wisdom to actually accept the wisdom of God so if they do not renounce their own wisdom this wisdom they hold, which they hold it very very dear to them will be the snare by which they will perish unfortunately. So this, the wisdom that they thought it will save them, the same wisdom will be the means of their destruction. Okay. Any other question?
think one has questions for me.